أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا محمد سيدنا وسندنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد الحمد لله ويريش مبارك 15th night of Ramadan اللهم رب اغفر وارحم وأنت خير الراحمين رب اغفر وارحم وأنت خير الراحمين رب اغفر وارحم وأنت خير الراحمين الله تعالى forgive and have mercy and you are the best of those who have mercy uh, in some ways this is the end of the first half or or possibly even the inflection point uh, of Ramadan uh, we have come very close to or possibly have passed the halfway point of Ramadan uh, so those who have any sort of intention or idea to do something in this Ramadan, uh, well, now's the time to do it. Otherwise, you're not going to get a chance. So uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq that we get the money of sadaqah that we uh, need to get out, out, that we say our prayers that we need to say, said, we read our Quran, we start uh, reading through our ajza and our siparas, that we start saying our duas, that we start moving our tasbih uh, around. Because if you don't do it now, it's not going to happen. Uh, half of the Ramadan has passed. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give tawfiq. Uh, before continuing with uh, our night's reading, I wanted to mention a couple of things. One is that the work of the ummah doesn't happen by people sitting around and keeping their head down and being consumers in their Islam. By being a consumer in your Islam, it doesn't work. It is enough for salvation, inshallah. Hopefully it's enough for salvation, but it's not what the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is and it's not what will preserve uh, Islam, that Islam that we all benefit from. People oftentimes lament the fall of the ummah and wonder why it wasn't or it isn't like it used to be in, the, in its glorious past. And the fact of the matter is, is that the reason it's not like that is because the uh, people uh, in the old days used to do service with hopes that the people in generations afterward would benefit from them and they would receive uh, the ajr for it even after they entered into their graves. The people nowadays, they take the service and they take and benefit from the uh, services of those people who passed in the past and uh, they're very miserly with the benefit and they don't think about anybody else. And uh, this is a really, really bad attitude to have. So whatever institutions of deen need to be supported, support them. Uh, whether it be something as small as a local effort uh, that, that you need to have done in your place, your local maktab, your local scholars, your local uh, uh, other simple things people don't think of. Mashallah, Halal Advocates is a, a service that we've, uh, uh, we've been putting out for the Muslims of North America. Uh, for those who listen from South Africa or from England, it's like the American uh, attempt to make a Sanha or an HMC uh, in this uh, in this land. Um, whatever those simple services are that are necessary for a society and a culture and a community to th thrive on actual Islam, on not just I pray five times a day and hide in my closet uh, uh, and an incognito Muslim, but uh, that Islam that actually thrives and survives, because if you're not eating halal, you're not uh, uh, you're not really practicing your Islam uh, in any way that uh, is something you can be proud of. 
that uh, those services, whatever they are, if you're not able to read Alif Ba Ta Tha, if your community doesn't have a person that you can call and contact and ask your questions, if your community doesn't have somebody who you can sit in their company and receive not just guidance, because not everything is information, but upliftment, that you can come and have some sort of spiritual upliftment, have some sort of good company that, that affects the heart in a good way. If you're not making those things happen, then your Islam is on the decline, that, uh, uh, that we support those things anyway. And in this month of Ramadan, whatever money you get out, uh, you go ahead and, and, and support those, those efforts in order to make this uh, deen happen. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give tawfiq. If you want to support Halal Advocates, you may do so by going to hafsa, hfsaa.org, hfsaa.org. No, I don't receive a commission or a salary, nor have I ever received any financial uh, financial uh, compensation for the work I've done with them. Uh, and uh, it's funny that we have to mention these things uh, nowadays because people think, uh, you know, they think because I would never do anything uh, in my life uh, except for for money that everybody else is like you. Not everybody is like you, alhamdulillah. Uh, there are people who do things for the sake of Allah Ta'ala and when we ask the money for the money so we can get the projects done and take them further than we did before. Otherwise, alhamdulillah, mashallah, by Allah's fadl, it's our attempt to see that all of the services that we dispense, that we don't have pay to play for any of them, whether it be durus like this one, or whether it be dhikr, whether it be halaqat, whether it be question answer services, etc. But uh, again, uh, life is interesting, and it's a jungle out there. And if it wasn't like that, it wouldn't be a test. And no one would be able to claim that they did something for the love of Allah Ta'ala if it didn't require some sort of sacrifice. So instead of having the model where society is such that those people who give service uh, burn out and get thrown, uh, kept their, get waterboarded, thrown underwater until they drown, uh, and then we're uh, left uh, with a society filled with uh, clowns that only dance when you uh, pay them to, um, then we should probably take proactively those steps in order to support those efforts and uh, uh, in order to support those people and in order to support those institutions that provide meaningful uh, work for us rather than waiting for YouTube ads and for Facebook ads and for, uh, you know, $25 and $50 and $100 a head chicken dinners, um, rubber chicken dinners, halal rubber chicken dinners, uh, in, in which, uh, you know, your favorite celebrity uh, imam who barely knows uh, what cause they're raising money for uh, comes because he was paid uh, $4,000 or $10,000 to speak at that uh, event. And uh, you gave, you know, mashallah, $50,000 to the Marriott so you could raise $80,000 for whatever cause it was that you're raising. There has to be a better way than any of these things. And the cause itself, then God knows, uh, you know, what oversight there is, uh, what benefit there is. If there's any sharia oversight, this is another problem. Everybody is saying that they are zakat eligible and very few, very few causes are actually properly zakat eligible. Very few of them even bother to know what that means. Most of them, they in-house uh, certify themselves. I certify myself also that I'm the, uh, uh, you know, uh, 2017 Olympic uh, 100 meter dash champion. Uh, and, uh, you know, who said, you know, what, what, what's your proof is cause I said, so I feel that way, mashallah. And my research tells me that I did win the hundred meter dash, uh, in the 2017 Olympics that were held in crown point, Indiana. Um, uh, you know, instead of any of that nonsense, just proactively give before someone forces you to give something in pressure, use your brain and use your mind, use your heart and 
proactively support those things that need to be promoted before being put in a corner and getting hit up uh, by, by, by a bandit or by a highway robber uh, only to waste money and squander money uh, in places that it's not efficient. And so one might say, well, don't say it's a waste or it's squander. Yes, you know, spending money in a way that's inefficient, maybe there is some khair in it, but everybody knows that uh, doing things the right way is superior to doing things in a haphazard uh, way. And we would never accept haphazardness for our own dunya. Why should we accept it for the deen? So we continue uh, with this reading from the Tazgirah Mashaykh uh, uh, about the life of Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Hazrat Shaykh Zakaria rahimahullah ta'ala continues. Uh, he is the very zenith of suluk, the height of a person's uh, model for how the journey to Allah ta'ala should look. Having attained the pinnacle of divine proximity and association, in the very beginning of the hijrah, he received this absolute announcement, which we mentioned yes, yesterday, which was that Allah Ta'ala praised him. He says, That he was one of the two, the second of two was the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam when the two of them were in the cave when he said to his companion sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said to his companion sayyidina abu bakr siddiq do not grieve indeed allah is with us thereafter for 10 years he remained in the companionship of the nabi akram the most honored prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam acting as times as his vicegerent and representative what can a humble man such as myself meaning sheikh zakaria uh, in the 14th century write of sayyidina abu bakr siddiq's Excellences and lofty status, never can any pen render su- uh, uh, justice to this subject. And uh, when you know he said that he represented the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, it's not only it's not only in the salat, uh, in so many things, in so many things. Um, remember the first Hajj that happened in Islam. The first Hajj that happened in Islam was in the ninth year of Hijrah. Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam did not attend to it personally. Rather, the Amir of Hajj was Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam personally uh, took the Imara of Hajj in his uh, last year and he passes away uh, very shortly after that, that Hajj sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But the first time that Hajj was sent out, Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala anhu was, um, was the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's representative in that as well. So you have, mashallah, uh, two pillars that the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam by a very clear uh, command that uh, he sent Abu Bakr Siddiq to be his representative in them at times. You see also then uh, zakat when the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam passes from this world and the Arabs uh, from amongst them, there were those who apostated and from amongst them, there were those who uh, said that we're uh, still Muslims but we're not going to pray anymore. And from amongst them, there were those who said, we're Muslims and we're going to pray, but we only paid zakat to the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We're not going to pay it to you. Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu said, Wallahi, if they give me even a thong strap of a sandal less than they used to give to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in zakat, I'll declare war on them. And this was very shocking for the companions radiallahu anhu, even Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu al-Faruq, May Allah Ta'ala be pleased with him. He questioned, how can we fight a people who say La ilaha illallah? And uh, uh, he was chastised very harshly by Abu Bakr Siddiq at this, uh, at this uh, uh, statement. And uh, Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu said, Are you, were you a tyrant in Jahiliyyah only to be a coward in Islam? 
and Sayyidina Umar who knew at that point that I need to just stay calm and just keep, keep quiet, that this is not something we're going to argue about. Uh, and so you see the salat of the companions radiallahu anhum, the zakat of the companions radiallahu anhum, the hajj of the companions radiallahu anhum, and there's probably more than that. But even an unlearned person like me, uh, just off the top of my head, you see that these are very clear, very clear indications of uh, the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa very direct representation in these uh, pillars of deen without which Islam no longer remains Islam. Uh, Hazrat Shaykh Zakaria rahimahullah ta'ala continues in his attributes and characters uh, he was unique on the occasion of the irtidad of the leaving of uh, uh, of the certain tribes uh, from Islam at the passing of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam he displayed unparalleled courage which stunned even the brave Umar radiallahu anhu who had cautioned against immediate action Rejecting the proffered advice of caution, Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu taunted Omar for his indecisiveness in dealing with the apostates. And he thus said, Ajabbarun fil jahiliyati wa khawarun fil Islam. Were you a tyrant in jahiliyah only to be a coward in Islam, like we just mentioned? Omar radiallahu anhu's testimony is ample evidence for the lofty status of Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu's knowledge, virtue, generosity, munificence. Piety, forbearance, patience, humility, intelligence, and expertise in the interpretation of dreams, and knowledge of genealogy, prose, and eloquence. So you see, mashallah, this is an important point to pull up, that uh, oftentimes people yak on about their own ijtihad. Uh, don't be so, you know, so ready to trust your own nafs. Uh, the readiness to trust your own nafs itself is a, a sign of stupidity and ignorance in the spiritual path. If you're a learned person and you've studied a particular issue uh, to the point where you feel like you've reached ijtihad in that issue, this also doesn't mean that uh, somehow you you now are free from uh, having the shadow of those more learned and those pious uh, uh, and senior to you from over your head. Here Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu in this uh, in this particular instance, the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had already passed and Umar radiallahu anhu his Fadail and his virtues are so many uh, from the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's own mouth. We'll discuss them shortly when we finish the chapter on Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq Radiallahu Anhu. Suffice to say that he was the one about whom the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said that if there was a Nabi to come after me, it would have been Umar. Uh, yet, he understood that Abu Bakr Siddiq Radiallahu Anhu knew more than him, and so he held his tongue at that occasion. Why? Because trusting your nafs is something that only stupid people do. And Umar who was not a stupid man. He was a man who was very knowledgeable about this spiritual path. And he truly was worthy of being a Khalifa of the Messenger of Allah uh, And for that reason, he, uh, in the presence of the one who was senior to him, that was plainly senior to him, he held his tongue and uh, uh, knew to prefer uh, uh, the opinion of Abu Bakr Siddiq over that of himself. Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu uh, said, whoever narrates a hadith to him, uh, he would take a precautionary measure and put the narrator uh, 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 under oath, except for Abu Bakr Siddiq, he was far above this measure. Meaning that Sayyidina Ali, when someone would ask him a hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi did the Rasul sallallahu alayhi actually say this to you? He would make him take an oath by Allah that yes, he actually said this to me, except for Abu Bakr Siddiq. He said that this man's station is, is so high that there's no, you know, he's beyond uh, this making any difference to him because he would never lie 
at all in general, and he would never lie against Allah and his Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa This is actually something uh, that's reported about Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu, that he actually had a compilation of uh, direct hadith that he heard from the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that he compiled a, a collection of it, and then he afterward had it burned. Uh, because of because of his caution and his taqwa and deen for a number of reasons, uh, but this is the this is the the way of the elders of the Sahaba radiAllahu anhum that they were extremely extremely cautious when it came to what they would uh, uh, what they would relate uh, on uh, on the authority of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam lest they get anything wrong. This true and devoted companion and successor of the Rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam embodied in himself. Every excellence and qualification to the degree of perfection. A few anecdotes per- pertaining to the abundance of his worship and the force of his faith, uh, which in fact are the basis of the tariqah of the chishtis, uh, will now be presented. Ibn Asakir records the narration of Ibn Sirin in which appears that Abdurrahman, the son of Abu Bakr, who had not yet embraced Islam, joined the kuffar on the battle of Badr. On the day after he had later embraced Islam, he said to his father, And brother, you were in my line of action. Literally, you came under my sword several times. However, being my father, I turned away from you. In other words, although he was in a position to slay his father, uh, Abu Bakr Siddiq, he did not do so due to his consideration of filial piety, his piety toward his father. Abu Bakr, upon hearing this, replied, if you had come in front of me, I would not have hesitated to dispatch you. That had you come under my sword once, I would not have hesitated to kill you at all. Uh, and no, Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu, that, you know, who is it that's saying this? This is not like a, a, a tough guy who speaks bombastically with people. Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu is the one that said Aisha radiallahu anha was afraid that if he's made imam, He's so soft-hearted, he's going to weep so much, people are not going to be able to make out his recitation of Qur'an. Uh, But he's the one who said this to his own son, and it wasn't for lack of love of his family that he said this. Abu Bakr was originally a trader. According to historians, he possessed 40,000 dinars. Each dinar is a gold coin of approximately 4 grams. You can do the math. At the time of entering the fold of Islam, he had 40,000 uh, uh, dinars. He continued to spend his wealth for the sake of Islam until finally he brought whatever he had left to the Messenger of Allah وسلم, in a com- campaign for jihad in the path of Allah. When the Nabi وسلم, inquired of the provisions that he had left for his family, he replied, I left for them Allah and his Rasul. Sayyidina Umar who was always awaiting an opportunity to su- surpass Abu Bakr Siddiq in an act of virtue. On this particular day, he had brought along with himself a considerable amount of wealth. Rasulullah asked him, what have you left for your family? Umar who replied, he had left half of what he owned for his family. The other half was a contribution toward jihad in the path of Allah Ta'ala. He was under the impression that he would surpass Abu Bakr Siddiq, but on this day, when he learned of Abu Bakr anhu's answer, he understood that he would never be able to surpass him all the days of his life. Precisely on the account of these manifold excellencies of Abu Bakr Siddiq anhu, did Rasulullah say that besides Abu Bakr, he had uh, compensated the favors of everybody. Uh, any good that a person had done to the Rasul Rasulullah in this life had already comp- recompensed them for the favors that were done to him. 
except for Abu Bakr. As for Abu Bakr's favors to the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, on the Day of Judgment, only Allah Ta'ala will recompense him. Which is a great testimony, which is a great testimony, which is a great testimony from the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the rank of Abu Bakr Siddiq. This is why it chaps me so hard when people are quick to dismiss the, the, the efforts and quick to dismiss the knowledge and quick to dismiss the iman of the companions radiallahu anhum that someone comes 1400 years later and read like a translation of Sahih Bukhari or whatever translated uh, abridgment of Sahih Bukhari and uh, or at least claims they did probably didn't read it uh, either uh, read some part of the translation of uh, the Quran which itself was a haplessly written translation and then afterwards starts to pontificate and speak ill of the companions radiallahu anhum. What type of mahrumi, what type of spiritual deprivation from the higher realm must a person have inside their heart that they speak uh, uh, in, such a, in such a nonchalantly ignorant way uh, about the one who the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa said, as for everybody else's favor, I recompense them uh, in, in this world, uh, except all of them except for Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu, his favors to me will be recompensed on the day of judgment by Allah. The strength of his iman. Hafiz Ismaili, uh, 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 Hafiz Ismaili is one of the canonical narrators of Sahih Bukhari and he's a great, uh, he's a great uh, uh, muhaddith. If you read, for example, the Fatwa Barif, uh, uh, Sheikh uh, uh, Hafiz ibn Hajar Asqalani, you'll see his name mentioned uh, 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 quite a bit. There are a number of very interesting anecdotes about Hafiz Ismaili, who used to be starkly anti-Kalam uh, in the beginning of his uh, career after having ha mastered Hadith, only to have a very interesting turnaround in his life, which was narrated by uh, um, Abu Bakr ibn al-Arabi and then also from through him by uh, Shatibi in his i'tisam. Uh, 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 of how Hafiz Ismaili uh, uh, learned to love the mutakallimin and, and accept their, their, their uh, method of aqidah. At any rate, uh, we digress. Hafiz Ismaili narrates that Sayyidina Umar who said, When the Messenger of Allah وسلم, passed away, the episode of apostasy occurred in Arabia and the people of defective faith refused to pay zakat. I went to Abu Bakr and said, O Khalifa of the Messenger of Allah, be tender with the people and win over their hearts. Terror has struck them. Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu replied, I was hoping for your aid. Uh, during the time of Jahiliyyah, you were very strong and hard, but in Islam you've become weak. In which matter should I win over their hearts? Should I win them over by means of fabricating poetry or by bewitching them? Alas, alas, the Messenger of Allah has passed away and wahi has ceased. I swear by Allah, I shall struggle against them as long as I have in my hand the strength to bear a sword. If they withhold from me even a, a shoe strap, uh, a sandal strap that they used to present to the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, I will surely fight them. This shirak uh, al is a metaphor amongst the Arabs for something of, uh, of pitiful value, uh, of small value. Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu uh, commented, I found Abu Bakr firmer and stronger than myself. He paved the path uh, and this simplified for me uh, affairs during my own khilafah. Uh, and this brings up, another, brings up another interesting point, which is that... Uh, what people oftentimes mistake for good character is just being conflict averse. There are 95% of times in your life where you should avoid conflict, where you should be soft to people, 
and you should be patient with people. Every now and again in life, there are certain situations where it's a matter of wrong and right. People know it's wrong and right. It's just a matter of choosing what's wrong and right. At that time, if somebody, if somebody you find them being weak-wristed, having a weak backbone, and ready to capitulate when it's an issue that's a very simple issue and it's plain that it's wrong and right. It's not an issue of ijtihad. It's not a difference between the madhahib. It's not a difference of opinion. It's not a political issue. No, it's just a straight up a wrong and right issue that people should know better and that there's no excuse for not knowing any better. At that point, anybody who uh, tries to water down your resolve, anybody who tries to weaken your resolve in doing what's right, that person, no matter what their intentions are, what they think they're doing, they're doing the work of shaitan. And they're not good people to keep around you, especially at times when you're vulnerable and in weakness and you need firmness. On the flip side, when it's time to make a, 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 a decision uh, that requires that requires firmness and resolve, those people who back you up know that those are your companions to Jannah. Just like when it's time to keep calm, those people who keep you calm instead of uh, flying into a, a, a flame, uh, a burning fury, uh, 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 they keep you calm. There are people who will help you to Jannah, just like that, the people who help you keep your uh, resolve firm. Uh, when it's time to keep firm resolve, those are the people you want to keep around you. And uh, God help us. There are many people who their entire, uh, you know, their entire thing is about just watering things down and just sapping your himma and your courage when it's time to uh, stand firm. And uh, they think that they're on something and they're really on nothing. They think this is akhlaq and it's just akhlaq of shaitan. Uh, and it's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. And uh, look, if you don't know whether this is one of those times to stand firm or one of those times to uh, circumnavigate, that's fine to admit that. But there are things that happen in life when people are just doing things that are wrong. And uh, uh, you just, you know, you just have to make sure that you're on the correct side of the line. And this is one of those examples from the life of the companions, radiallahu anhum. Allah Ta'ala put them through all sorts of different things. And all of those uh, things that they were put through, they've been uh, recorded and narrated and related to us so we can know what to do at what time. That when the Bedouin is rude to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and he grabs him by his uh, shawl and says, uh, Oh Muhammad, what have you given for me or whatever? Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in such a rude tone as if he's on a first name basis with the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. It was uh, an offense against the person of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam forgave it. But when it's an issue that has to do with halal and haram, then there's no softness in these things. There's no softness in these things. This Sharia doesn't belong to your uncle or to my uncle, to your mamu or to my mamu. That we can uh, say, okay, well, this person, let's just cut them some slack in this, and that person will cut them slack in the other thing or whatever. Yes, if there is slack to be cut, ask the fuqaha. Yes, if there is a different uh, interpretation from someone's words, take the charitable interpretation. At the end of the day, however, if people are standing for things that are just open and shut wrong, anybody who tries to water down your uh, firm resolve and saying the haq and saying the truth and stopping, from pe stopping people from doing what's wrong, those people are doing nothing but the work of shaitan, even if they think they're uh, themselves uh, uh, doing something good and doing something beautiful and have the most beautiful of intentions. May Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us. And this is also part of the Siddiqiyah of the Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu, that he was a true faith one. He had enough knowledge to be able to discern uh, the difference between one and the other and he had enough faith to stand even though nobody else stood with him. Uh, may Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala 
give us from the favor of his hal. Uh, obviously, we cannot be like him, but we can get something that uh, that Allah gave him by the barakah of al-mar'u ma'man ahabba, that if you love him inside of your heart, Allah Ta'ala will give you a little bit of, uh, of what he gave him. Uh, and such people, again, these people were like rivers of uh, uh, of. Of, of nur and if uh, even one or two uh, drops uh, splash on uh, people like myself uh, people who are in darkness and people who are in ignorance and people who are in confusion uh, one or two uh, drops of these rivers of nur if they splash on us we also become light may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from the fortunate ones sallallahu tabaraka wa ta'ala wa sallam ala sayyidina muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in wa assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh